0: Let us pray. In times like these, we need a savior. In times like these, we need an anchor.
1: Be very sure.
0: Be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Amen. Now, Pandemic rules would have allowed I to have sung that for you. It's been going through my mind a lot lately, this song by Pennsylvania native Ruth K. Jones. But we don't need to sing it. We know what times like these are like. We're in the middle of times like these. And after this week and its news cycle, we think we've had a stellar example. So, as I thought about preaching today, I thought, well, maybe what we need are tools for times like these. Something to help us get through them to the other side of so them, that, so that we can get back to what we were doing before. And so I hope that the scriptures would kind of back me up on this. You know, what can we do to get through times like these? But as I walked with the scriptures, Paul's letter to the Philippians, and this little section from Matthew, it occurred to me, it's always times like these. It's always times like these for somebody. If you picked up the book that we're reading for One Church, One St. Martin's, Isabel Wilkerson's book, Cast, The Origin of Our Discontents, you'll see how she makes it abundantly clear. As she describes the architecture of fixed disparity that holds up our country, that race-based caste system that consistently ensures times like these. In times like these, we don't need coping techniques. To help us get through them to the other side, we need to live in a way that resists the times. That doesn't play by the rules, that creates another world right here in the middle of times like these. Our scriptures are calling us today to fashion a dwelling made of the stones that the builders of our social system have rejected. Today's gospel reminds us that Jesus is right there in that reject pile. The perfect cornerstone for a dwelling that will not meet the code, the current order. Writing from prison, Paul calls the Philippians to reach with him into that reject pile for a whole new kind of life. As he sets aside all that gave him social confidence before, his pedigree as a member of the tribe of Benjamin, his zealous street cred as a persecutor of the Jesus movement, his blamelessness as a fervent follower of the law. Against all of that, Paul finds far more value in the ongoing life that comes from knowing Christ and the power his resurrection and from sharing in Jesus's suffering. The communities of Paul and of the Gospels were built out of holy men and women and sacred values that had been rejected by the political and religious leaders of that time. And in that reject pile for things like weakness and poverty, diverse community, shared possessions and a common table, mutuality, non and the belief in a God that destroyed the power of death. These communities were not worlds set apart to hunger down to get through times like these. They were built to disrupt their current order. Now, when I think of what a community like that might look like today, what might be the metaphor that we can reach for, one built of holy lives and secret values that have been rejected by the current order, what comes to mind for me is those homeless encampments on Benjamin Franklin Parkway and Andrew Avenue? I drive by the James Dean Tully Camp or the James Tully Dean Camp over by the art museum regularly when I take my daughter to work, and each time I'm struck by the fact that it's still there. And drive by it slowly, taking in the signs that say "End Homelessness Now." Black Lives Matter, and the tents, and the laundry lines, and the people making a life. There have been several eviction orders, and so far, none of them have been carried out. Now the homeless encampment, which has housed a few hundred people for the past four months, does two things, according to its organizers. It is an ongoing act of protest, calling for permanent homes for more than 5,000 unhoused people in the city, not just the 150 who are living in that area. And it is an act of self-protection and stability for for the vulnerable people who live there. Unlike the shelter system and the buildings on the streets, in this tent city, there's freedom to come and go. And there's a medical clinic, and showers, and toilets, tents that allow private sleeping arrangements, non-police methods for conflict resolution, hot meals, and support services. There are also movie nights, and organized activities, and entertainment help folks pass the time. It's funded by donors and supported by volunteers. It is organized, formed last winter by a coalition called Philadelphia Housing Action, which describes its members as having, quote, collective experiences of homelessness, institutionalization, incarceration, family separation foster care, public housing, interpersonal violence, immigration, substance use, mental health, and all other forms of discrimination and oppression. In other words, the stones that the builders have rejected. Now the encampment is not the kingdom of God, to be sure. It's not nearly as secure as the high rise apartment buildings that surround it, and there has been violence there, and there have been deaths. And while encampment residents report that they feel safe there, more so than on the streets or in the shelter system, residents of the nearby apartment buildings say that they do not. Homelessness advocates do not agree on whether this approach is safe or effective. And of all the 40 organizations that have signed on to the group's demands, there are no churches or religious organizations that I could see. Though I know that the various community that the religious community is deeply involved in combating and responding to homelessness. Our own teens are going to be making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches this afternoon for homeless people. But this this community of tense and fragile people, in its complexity, its audacity, its mess, and its order, the Philadelphia homeless encampment reminds me of those early Caroline and the communities, fragile, hopeful, disturbing, possibly ill-fated in the face of raw political power. Community Of the stone that the builders have rejected can be such a sign of resistance and hope in times like these. In times like these, you need a savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be very sure, be very sure your anchor holds and grips. Solomon. I still want to give us some way to hope with these times. It can feel like such a threat to our identity as church, our identity as the community of St. Martin's. And so I have to trust today's scriptures when they invite us to look in the reject pile of all the practices that the current powers have tossed out as weak or threatening are not very profitable, and to rebuild our house from those things. I'm thinking about things like telling the truth, dismantling caste and supremacy, welcoming and loving all as neighbor, protecting one another from illness and harm and unjust systems distributing resources widely and fairly, ensuring our most vulnerable people have the resources they need to thrive. And knowing that all of this is possible, it is, it is possible, because the cornerstone, the stone around which the entire dwelling is oriented and true is Jesus, God's Son, the stone that was rejected—be very sure, be very sure—your anchor holds and grips a solid rock. Amen.